We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, joined as always by my guys, Mr. Nick Leckie, former All-American at K-State and Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints and creator of the Blind Nil show that now we call Outside the yes. Trenches. And you get so excited every time I bring that up. Are you, are you, oh wait, hold on. You always say something new though. Am I the creator? No, I'm a part of a collaborative process that has, have come to this point. You know, I would be nowhere without you, BJ or Tucker. So you gloss uh, it up all you want, Trebek. But the, the <laughs> fact is this was always your plan from the beginning was to turn this show <laughs> into a giant blind nil, which for anybody who listens for the first time. Means we all bring a different segment to the table, and the other two do not know what we are going to talk about. And when I say the other two, I'm also talking about our podcast producer at KC Sports Network, Mr. Tucker Franklin. Yes, I don't know what's going on. Usually, I I usually do, but today I don't. I don't know what's going on in this show. Never know. That's the beauty. All right. Well, before we get into it, we do have to thank our presenting sponsor of this show in Five Farms Irish Cream Liquor. If you are looking for something, especially as the weather gets a little bit colder, if you throw a little in your coffee, a little in your hot chocolate, works well for both. It's my favorite product that they have, uh, thanks to our friends at Holiday Distillery, uh, the parent company of Five Farms Irish Cream, but it comes from Ireland and Five Farms in Ireland, if you didn't know that, um, hence the name. But uh, we appreciate that. You can find it all at liquor stores in Kansas City and around the country. It is good stuff, and we appreciate all of their support. Head up to Weston if you're looking for a cool place to go. Go take a tour of the distillery up there. It's only about 40 minutes outside Kansas City. It's a cool little spot, one of the hidden gems of Kansas City, and we appreciate them, guys. Um, one of the things that we didn't appreciate was that game against the Colts. So I don't oh. know what your segments are going to be. Hopefully, it's not talking too much of that game because I'm really tired of trashing the special teams. I'm ready to mentally 
move forward. I said that earlier on KCSN Update when I talked to Brett Coleman. But uh, when I talked to guys that break stuff down, I wanted him to make me feel better about that game and why we should have some confidence going forward. So I have no idea what this show is going to turn into. If you're listening, uh, you understand that that's what Outside the Trenches is all about. But we appreciate everybody out there, whether you're watching live or listening after the fact or watching on YouTube after the fact. We appreciate you for spending part of your day with us. But before we get into the game, guys, I want to try something a little different. Um, surprise one on you, Nick. I want to give you, you, I want you guys to give me your victory of the past week. I want a little positive juju going into this show. So, oh. Nick, not football related, just life oh. related. What's your victory of the week? Oh, dear goodness. Um, I don't know. Just another day above ground on this earth. Uh, that's, that's the little things for me. Um, I never get, I had a coach, Coach Loney. Uh, he was my rabbi, as you say. He, he trusted me, uh, put me in a lot of starts at center and guard. And he'd say, you know, it's never as good as you think it is. It's never as bad as you think it is. And just stay mellow. So I just just stay mellow. Every day is good. And my victory is it's a kick-ass, beautiful day here in Casey. It's um, it's not quite crisp yet, but it's it's mellow. It's mellow, warm, cold. I don't know what it is, but it feels great, and I'm loving it. <clears throat> Definitely fall weather. Tucker, what's your victory of the week? Well, it was going to be the weather getting colder, but Nick stole it. Um, <laughs> but I do love getting into a nice, oh, large, oversized hoodie. That's always a big victory mm. when when you just get real comfortable. Um, I've started to watch the uh, House of Dragon series with my girlfriend, Tara. Mm. We've been watching it. Uh, big Game of Thrones uh, family over here. Very good. Uh, very good series. I've tried to set apart like because those episodes, long episodes, you got to pay attention for the whole hour too. there's no skating by on those suckers. Uh, so I try to set apart some an hour before bed. So, uh, yeah, no, it's that's what I've kind of been doing. Yeah, it's, that's I'd say that's a win. Loving it. Loving yeah. it. All right, Nick, I think yours. Are, let's start with your blind nail because yours are generally um non-football related you go b-side as you like to say so we're going to start with you to see where where we take this show but uh nick what do you got for us for your blind nails wait wait what was your victory bj yeah you don't uh, have a victor dude <laughs> <laughs> he's like <laughs> i did like it's a long it's a long story we don't need to waste our time with this but uh played on a, a men's senior baseball team uh that tweeted about it a few times uh, called the KC Hustlers, presented by Charlie Hustle, their sponsor oh. of the team. Uh, played on that team with some really good dudes. I got asked, uh, Jason Jason Kander had asked me uh, to play on the team. I did. A uh, bunch of good dudes on the team. Uh, we had our semifinal game the other night, uh, and I was able to pitch. Pitched pretty well, uh, and we won in uh, going to the championship. And then uh, I won't get into all the details, but the team that we were playing against protested our roster based on some things that uh, this league had told us before the season started that everything would be okay. And then uh, some sour grapes lost the game and they complained afterwards about some things that had already been prior approved uh, regarding our roster in the league. And uh, so they forfeited our game. And so we're no longer now going to the championship. Uh, I didn't get uh, too involved with other than the fact that I pitched the entire semifinal game and then it got, uh, wiped out, which sucks, but uh, it's kind of like you know, par for the course at this point. Um, that's but. a W. First of all, if you're roster checking on like com- not competitive, <laughs> like you know, what I'm saying, I'm just not you didn't even win a t shirt, fun, you didn't even, right? You didn't even get a trophy, like, there's nothing yeah. that we're literally playing for. So, when we step between the white lines, like, we won, and yeah. we all know that we yeah. won, we're out there and got to play. 
they didn't complain before the game, like when, you know, protests officially are supposed to happen. Uh, they did it after the fact and after they lost. But that's funny. What do you do? Isn't that funny? Yeah, whatever. Hey, that's a W. It's like, you know, they took away Reggie Bush's Heisman, but guess what? He's still the Heisman winner for that year. And still got yeah. the coldest high school highlights ever. Yeah, but he still physically had like a trophy and stuff. Like there wasn't even that. <laughs> like what's, It's in your it. heart. It's in your heart, BJ. You know yeah. it, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> since if you see me wincing, it's because my right arm is absolutely killing me. So I'll bet, uh, I still... It might not have game really counted, but my body says that that, that game still counted. So anyway, we're seven <laughs> minutes into this show. We got to get to Chiefs and we got to get to football talk. So naturally, we're going to go with the one guy that probably doesn't have a football segment for us. So Nick, that's for, damn, get this that's for damn straight right there. Here's a little palate cleanser for all you Chiefs fans who are suffering through that L on Sunday. Told you, BJ, noon games are trap games <laughs> and they're terrible. Anyways, with the Chiefs L, and I know how we can all relate personally to taking L's. BJ, you took an L uh, mm-hmm. while taking L's. DraftKings has taken some time off because they, you know, everyone's got started on the the gambling talk. It's the new crypto talk. Is you know what is crypto? It's like, hey, what is gambling? This that is that my son's soccer blockchain? game, right? Um, and there were this guy was teaching his mom and dad how to gamble on DraftKings, and I go, what a time to be alive! This is fantastic. Reinstate <laughs> Pete Rose. Anyways. What is your best betting L where you thought you had a surefire thing and it was said, no, no, amigo, at the very end and you L'd and it subbed your whole damn weekend? Oh, well, this is easy. Well, <laughs> yes, pretty much this entire season. <laughs> this whole season, my betting has been just awful. Um I am not good at it. So I'm hoping some of my seat, my free bets through DraftKings in my account uh, hit because the rest of it, not, not been good at this. Uh, but going back years and years uh, to my, I think statute of limitation, I think it'd be all right. I was betting on football, my freshman year of college. Nice. Um, at some off, you know, some company based on an Island that I don't even know if it existed, uh, but I had an account and I had built it up to where I had, you know, almost a thousand dollars, I think, in there. I put it all on a Monday night game between the 49ers and Eagles. The Eagles were down to their third string quarterback. And I got to bet in early that week. And Ty Detmer went out and threw for like 300 freaking yards and like four touchdowns and won the game. And I lost the bet when an Andy Reid led Ty Detmer team <laughs> beat the 49ers and absolutely crushed this college kid that thought I had, you know, beer money and chipotle and like money for like years uh, if i had won that bet and instead i had to sit and watch the niners just fall apart it's tough mine just happened this last weekend oh wow it's fresh (laughs) yeah it is stepped up to that plate real quickly like you were like i got i was like well i know exactly what happened because it was the missouri tigers game this past weekend where i had missouri money line at plus 230 and if they would have won that game it would have been a pretty decent payout for myself uh because i had a lot of people trashing on me because i took that money line against uh, missouri auburn so i was like you know what put my money where my mouth is i'll put it down good odds i like it auburn stinks so just missouri fun fact um but yeah they missed the field goal threw the ball in the end zone uh fumbled the ball and, in the end yeah and tucker lost, all right so. nick you want to hear something funny so tucker and i were in aggieville watching that game and we were at what used to be called Pat's and now it's Tanner's set up completely different. It's a little strange. You haven't been in there for a while, not, Nick. Uh, not, I don't know if that was a place that you frequented, uh, frequented, 
freak two dollar pitchers on whatever. Tuesdays in the summertime was all the professional drinkers in Manhattan were there Tuesday nights in the summertime, and I'd be running up thirty dollar tabs on vodka. I don't remember that cool. special. I remember the Bobby T's half price drinks on Sundays because that's where he plays shuffleboard every Sunday night. Uh, but I didn't know that about Pat's. That's a good one. Um, Nick, what's your worst betting? So I had a, this was like a couple of years ago. I used to be in this thing in this pool where you spend like, you put in a hundred bucks and you get like 10,000 points and then you distribute those points each week, right? To different whatevers. And it was like week four. And I put like a 500 points, which is a huge, it would have been a huge payday. And I had like a four team parlay and they had all hit. And I was waiting on Ohio state, Ohio state. And it was Ohio state minus 50, 55. And they're playing like nobody. And I was like, oh, my so. gosh. So so I, I took them because it was whatever. And I was like, this would be great. And then they scored. And like the, like they were they had the ball. It was like 59. It put them up 59 nothing. So they scored. And I'm like, I hit. Yeah. And then I see a flag. And I'm like, OK, what's this like successive celebration? Something like that. And it holding call by Ohio State. And not only was it by Ohio State, it was by their center. And they moved the ball back, and then they just kneeled the clock out after that, and I lost my my parlay because of that. And I was like, that's got to be the worst. The worst. I lost. Ever. I think a lot of people lost because the line was three and a half, four, four and a half, the Thursday night game against the Chargers when mm -hmm. Justin Herbert threw the touchdown at the end. That screwed up my 14 parlay. So that – wasn't ideal, but the fact that the Chiefs won, I got over it. I'll I'll often hedge my emotions. Tucker's heard this because I took Oklahoma in the K-State Oklahoma game just because I was like, you know what? Oklahoma runs away with it. At least I'll say hey, I made a little bit of money. Uh, but that didn't happen. I actually bet it. The the only way that you can bet that game, I did it to where I lost everything. But K-State <laughs> still won, so I'm still feeling good about it. But I took K-State in the under as like a single game parlay, and they took Oklahoma on their own. So wow. literally could not have handled it worse, but um, yeah, big time win for the cats. All right, Tucker, it's time for your blind nil. Before we get into blind nil, uh, I would like to to ask you fellas, if you guys have, have you guys seen any of these tall boys in the bottled water section? Uh, their, their cans are kind of crazy. They got like a wild skull on the, this looks like something you would see in game of Thrones. Does it is not? That, is that alcohol? Is that an energy drink? What is that? Tucker? Yeah. You'd I've be thinking my local grocery stores. You would be thinking. Caps. That this is is this is just you know uh, something that you shouldn't put in your body, but guess what? It is it is called liquid death. It is spring water from the Alps, and you're probably wondering, Tucker, why is it called liquid death? That seems like a wild name. Well, it's called liquid death because it'll brutally murder your thirst. That's right, it'll just brutally murder that thirst. And here's the cool thing about it: they have infinitely recyclable tall boy cans, and they're bringing death to plastic bottles. Nobody likes plastic pollution. Uh, they got the new uh, debit cards at U.S. Bank that you can get them now. Uh, recyclable plastic. So everybody's doing their part uh, with trying to get uh, the plastic pollution out of here, and uh, Liquid Death is doing that as well. Listen, I've got a good story about Liquid Death. I was walking through the Hy-Vee. You know they got those cardboard cutouts of Creed Humphrey and Hy-Vees. Have you seen those at your local Hy-Vee grocer? Um, the guy was like, hey, is that you on, the, on that cardboard cutout? And I was, like, I was like, no, that's not me on the cardboard cutout. And as I was grabbing the liquid death, and they said, oh, no, you're the guy from the podcast. And I said, yes, that is wow. me. And, and he said, I, you're getting liquid death. Um, so that's how he recognized me because I was getting the liquid death out of the, out of the in-cap cooler, um, all of those flavors of sparkling water. And it comes in 
Uh, it comes in berry flavor, lime flavor, uh, just regular sparkling water if you, if that's more your uh, more more your flavor, and and just still mountain water as well. So all good stuff there from Liquid Death, and you can go find Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, Seven Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near, near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. All right, Tucker. Good work on Liquid Death because I'm enjoying one over here as well. But uh, what do you have for us uh, for your segment this time around? Yeah, so I'm going to kind of gear it kind of a little bit back to football. Um. And this is a this is kind of a simple question, but I think it can go a multitude of ways. Of this game on Sunday, it is a week four game, so really, who, which team in this matchup has the most pressure on them? Is it the Chiefs or is it the Bucks? Bucks are having a little bit of struggles on the offensive side of the ball. Chiefs coming off of a game that was less than desirable. So, which team has a little bit more pressure on them? I would say the Chiefs. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think it was it was fifty fifty, but then with the the hurricane coming in, then you know the the Bucks are going to get displaced. Uh, they're going to be out for a little bit, and they have to regroup and refocus. And they got that to kind of you know anytime you have real life distractions off the field that are natural disasters, then you know you have less because you you kind of makes you focus a little bit. Hey, you know, yeah. is my family okay? Is, is the people of Tampa and Florida, the Gulf Coast, are they okay? So you know the onus is off them. And and the Bucks lost to a potential Super Bowl team as well too, and and they played in Lambeau. Uh, they lost in Lambeau, whereas the Chiefs, you know, shot themselves in the foot. Uh, kind of had some weaknesses exposed mm-hmm. that's you know been brewing underneath the surface. Uh, had some passes missed. Uh, you know, played a, a crappy game at noon in Indy and lost uh, to a team that had tied the Texans. And, you know, lost to the Jaguars. So it's like the, the Chiefs are on pressure. If they go back-to-back L's, then it's like, oh, crap. You know, we need to circle the wagons. Yeah, I think from the outside perspective, it's probably the Chiefs. I don't Because it's so early in the season. And you've seen this with the Chiefs before, is that they've, you know, had multiple losing streaks with Andy Reid over the years. I think there's only been two or three seasons in which they haven't had even a three-game losing streak. At some point, we saw them lose three or four last year early on. Uh, I was talking to Brett Coleman about that on KCSN update before that he thought the team was worse off last year and looked worse early in the season last year, but you forget about it because the way that they finished, they still came back and made it to the AFC championship game where the bucks, they feel like they have more legitimate. And I say the word excuses, but they have more reasons to not be playing. Well, they have got a lot of injuries. They are really banged up right now, but at the same token, they've given up what average of nine points per game through the first three weeks. They've given up 27 points in three games total. And granted, they, you know, one of those games to Nick's point was against the Super Bowl, you know, a team that could go to the Super Bowl in the Packers, but they played the Saints and the Cowboys and they played the Cowboys that was with Dak Prescott before Cooper Rush stepped in. So mm-hmm. uh, I think the Chiefs have more pressure just because of how fans are going to react. And we've seen how fans reacted this time last year when they started two and three and they wanted to fire everybody and everything <laughs> needed to change and everything sucked. Um, and so I believe there's more pressure on the Chiefs just because I'm worried that if they do lose, it'll be like the sky is falling again, even though we've seen again with Andy Reid teams that they genuinely always figure it out. They have to figure out answers and um, to promote one of the other shows on the network. I thought Brett Coleman, um, I call him YouTube legend, Brett Coleman. If you know him, he's very adept on the the X's and O's and what's going on and matchups and things like that. And, you know, one of the points that he was making 
about the chiefs right now and what they're working through is, and to, you know, paraphrase his words was, you know, in the years past when they would get into those shot areas between the forties, uh, the teams would be playing off a lot. They would give up, you know, a six, seven yard, you know, quick pass to Tyreek because they were so worried about the big play. And when they're not doing that now, some of the things that like Patrick Mahomes needs to recognize at the line of scrimmage and some of the other things they need to recognize is they don't really know how teams were going to play them in the different scenarios, the different areas on the field, different uh, just game situations. And you don't know what your answers are going to be until you see how teams play against you, knowing that each week it's going to be a little bit different because defensively, and Nick, you can, I mean, you played, you can speak to this better than we can, but like philosophically, defenses do what they do. But within the philosophical scheme of how defenses like to play, they're still going to be, okay, this is how we're going to try to take away the big plays within those shot areas. And each week it's going to be a little different, but the thematic is still kind of the same. And the chiefs are still trying to figure out how are we going to work through the problems that we're facing? Because we haven't faced these problems with Patrick Mahomes, where he doesn't have a Tyree kill where teams are so worried about a shot play that they're going to play 10 yards off when you're at the plus 40 and they can throw a quick bubble screen. He's going to gain seven yards. And all of a sudden you're sitting at second and three. They don't have those situations right now because teams aren't playing back in the same way they were. So they have to figure out new ways to come up with answers for those problems. I, after, and I know when you are watching this, you go watch the breakdown, the other one, because I know what those guys are going to say. Cause I cut the videos for that. There were a handful of plays against the Colts that the chiefs were within a quarter of a second of getting a huge chunk play where there's a receiver open down the field. Mahomes just didn't quite have enough time to set his feet and deliver the ball down the field. He was looking at them. I know a lot of is getting made about him missing Clyde in the flat, um, which every quarterback does in every game ever played. <laughs> there are guys that are open that quarterback misses at time. I'm not saying it's not a problem, but they're, I don't think they're as far off um, as it's, you know, it could be perceived by some. It's a game of misses. It's 100% a game of misses. And it's sometimes, you know, you're, you're right there and your window's like a second opening. It's like, you know, um, the uh, the shot in Top Gun 2. It's the shot in Star Wars, uh, you know, Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi, right? It's it's a tiny window. Sometimes you hit it, sometimes you don't. And it, the football is not a, a sphere. It's it's an oblong object and it bounces funny. Yeah. Rick, what do you remember? I don't know if I've ever asked you this. We've been podcasting together for six years, however long it's been now, how, how much does it happen? I don't know how I'm trying to word this, but like the in-game adjustments, like you have a plan going into the game, you have a game plan, you know, schematically what the defenses you're going to play against do, but there's always going to be wrinkles, unscouted looks things, especially early in the season that you're not prepared for. How much adjusting do you remember going on during an NFL game where you go to the sideline, talk about what you're seeing, be like, Hey, this isn't what we thought they were going to do. How much, and I know every team, every coach is a little bit different, but just what is that process like for a team that's really trying to, I'll say find their identity because we know Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, they have great players, but they have to have answers for different situations and they don't know what they're going to face until they get out there and actually face them. I mean, what does that process look like for you when you were a player out there? So what usually happens is like, hey, guys, you know, we kind of plan for them to have this joker look or we plan to have this this look or this look. And, hey, they're giving us this blitz. And when we do this. So it's basically like you would just a call. Uh, you would just a player say, hey, remember that play we ran a couple of weeks ago? We didn't install it this week, but but let's go back to that play. And like, here's how we're going to make that adjustment. And you it basically say, OK, we're going to scheme this guy. Right. Are you going to say, hey, this guy's, you know, not doing so well. So, hey, on, on your protections, you know, maybe delay a little bit 
with your offhand if you're sliding to your left, but but help help your your right guard a little bit more, a little bit longer. And um, if you see that safety roll down late, you know you know you're going to pick him up too. Or it's like, hey, on option left, you know, usually slide. You're looking at guard tackle. I want you to go all the way out and help the tackle going around the edge. So it's minor things like that that, but they make a big difference. And it's something that, <clears throat> believe it or not, does not happen a lot. In game adjustments, man. It does not happen a lot. It's, you know, the good teams do, uh, the bad teams don't. And that's why the bad teams stay bad and the good teams stay good. And a lot of it's probably just play calling and just the coaches understanding, you yeah. know, we've got to not put these guys in a bad situation or Patrick Mahomes recognizing yeah. uh, certain situations and not running outside zone uh, or getting out, out of outside zone when you face a defensive look that is kind of geared towards that or guys are getting beat and you have to know um, kind of how to adjust those things. But Absolutely, um, yeah. And it's, it's knowing your teammate. That's why I was like, Sean, I always tell Sean Payton is like the best coach because you got to have a pulse in a team. You got to know what your team's capable of. And it, it drives me absolutely batshit crazy that the Chiefs don't run more draws, right? Because, you know, they're throwing the ball 90, 80% of the time. And a draw look is exactly like pass pro. And in this team, yeah. this offensive line is geared to go one-on-one man, man pass pro blocking. And he's throwing a run. And guess what? That fits CEH's uh, style. Is, is the draw yeah. style and give them options. Right. And it's fantastic. And and they, yet they want to do power run, power run. It's like, no man, it's, yeah. or schemes or zones. It's like, where's the downhill run game? Yeah. That's Brett that. was talking about, yeah. Brett was talking about running outside zone out of shotgun. You're yeah. with a running back like CEH. That's, that's a tough read. That's a tough draw for somebody. He compared to a guy like Reggie, but it's like, he's not Reggie Bush. He's not going to get out there and really, you know, take the angle away where if you're in pistol or you're coming out of, you know, under center, you run outside zone, you get a little bit more options as a running back, but he's starting from a standstill spot and running horizontally off the beginning. That's really tough for CEH. And, um, you know, they're whatever reasons they're doing those things are a lot better than the knowledge that I have. Brett has any of us know what's going on, but, uh, there, you have to know context to what you're seeing and what you're watching and, um, the challenges that are being faced based on the defensive look and based on, you know, penetration into the backfield and what that does for the reads and what these running backs are trying to watch. Exactly. Well, you mentioned that too, outside zone from the gun. Like usually like people say, why are you running us a, a short yardage out of gun? And it's like, gun doesn't change the, the, the running backs position. Running back is still five to seven yards deep, whether it's mm -hmm. underneath or whether it's gun. And the thing that sucks about an outside zone though, you look at CEH's alignment, he's damn near in the B gap. So he's lined yeah. up behind the left tackle and you're telling me to go to the right tackle and that right tackle is getting, getting penetrated. It's not, no, yeah. that doesn't work. His, his Brett's point was, you know, you have the running back on the weak side and then you got a, a one tech and then a three tech and you're running right into the three tech crossing face for mm -hmm. outside zone, going to the strong side with a running back lined up on the other side. It's like, you're putting a, him in a really tough position for the skill set that CEH has. But yeah, again, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do against the bucks because the bucks front is better than what they saw against the Colts. Dear uh, Lord. Yeah, it's it's going to be a thing, and they're banged up too, um, especially on the offensive side uh, with what Tom Brady, if you've seen all the gifts of him throwing his shit everywhere, um, <laughs> is dealing with. He's a little frustrated, uh, but it'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And I know there's a lot of comments you can see them right now about where the game's going to be played and is it going to Minnesota and what are they going to do about tickets? Why Minnesota? Um, by the way, they're in Minnesota. London. And, yeah, Minnesota and New Orleans are playing in London, and so those are the two facilities that are open and available. They they will have they always have those facilities open in case something does happen emergency wise when they go overseas. Um, but those are the two available for uh, to, to play. And I know somebody 
tossed out Miami, but I don't think Miami is available to play in because I know that they're going to play on Thursday, but yeah. But that's still the whole Gulf Coast thing too. So you don't right. Yeah. No, it's one. a little, little too close. A yeah, little too close Fort to Lado. that action. Yeah. What about the colleges? Can you play some college somewhere? That'd be interesting. What to do for, for like, you know, really uh, what cool. do I know? What do I know? I don't know anything. I should do that where they play like NFL games in area college stadiums to kind of draw like you need more NFL interest, but uh, to <laughs> kind of drum up some interest. I, somebody threw that out about baseball teams like baseball teams shouldn't play all 82 games at their home stadium. Like they should go like around in the area uh, because there is only 30 teams. So they should go around in like the Midwest, like the Royals will play in Omaha. They'll play uh, Topeka. They'll go and play in like Tulsa or something. Blue Valley like Northwest play. or Blue Valley play Northwest. Grapevine, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> they go play just to kind of get some draw some interest, but I think that'd be kind of cool. Just as like a they should do it for at least preseason games, right? Nobody Agreed. cares about those. Nobody. All right, guys. Final blind nil segment I've got for us talking about this game and a little optimism uh, to to finish out this show. And Tucker, we'll start with you and just give us your opinion on why the Chiefs will bounce back on Sunday against the Bucks. I think that this game uh, is is good for the Chiefs to bounce back because it is a primetime game. Um, they do get the the Sunday night game. There's a lot of things going on, as Nick mentioned, with uh, with the hurricane, everything like that. A lot about external distractions. It could make the other team focus a little bit better. But I think that for the Chiefs, a lot of the things that happened in this game were very self-inflicted, so they'll be very focused on themselves already. Um, and I think if the Chiefs go out and focus on what they can do instead of worrying about Tom Brady and, and what's going on over there. Listen, this is probably Tom Brady's last year of football. And I think that um, I don't think I brought this up. That's probably why the, why the Buccaneers might have a little bit of pressure uh, in this game is because this is probably his last year. And, and I think that that could kind of play into this game, this last Patrick versus uh, Tom type of matchup barring a Super Bowl because um, that's the only way that they would play again after this week. But I think uh, for the Chiefs, I, I would find it hard for an Andy Reid coach team not to come out after that game and be very uh, polished and be be very uh, conscious of what they are doing themselves instead of what the other team's doing. Yeah. I, I, wait, what was the question again? Why like... you think the Chiefs will bounce back? Against okay. the Bucks, I, just, I wanted to clarify. I wanted to clarify. I had like twelve different thoughts. So I, I think I think anytime you get a loss, it, it definitely makes you reevaluate things. It, it makes film that much more difficult. Like even like even if like let's say a few things would have happened correctly and the Chiefs would have won that game, there's still a lot of stuff that needs to be cleaned up within the Chiefs. And I think in an, a W, you kind of gloss over that stuff. And with the loss, you really really scrutinize those those little details that you missed. And so I think what they're going to happen is I'm hoping that they get more of an identity at running game for such a complex route tree and passing system. Their running game sucks and they don't have a pulse on this O-line. They don't know what this O-line can do. They're asking to do things where it's like, yeah, it's not really the best fit. And it's like, you need, you need downhill run plays in the goal line and short yardage because that damn fullback to the inside is not cut <laughs> anymore. No one's fooled by the Kelsey pitch anymore. Um, you know, none of this stuff. Like, why are you giving the ball to the tight end when, you know, you get some downhill running plays? Uh, I like Pacheco in, in the in the short yardage. I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in short yardage. Um, I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from a draw scheme, from a, you know, that that um, Le'Veon Bell sort of scheme, right? That's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, I think Kansas City for a run game should adopt that Pittsburgh size O-line, big, big, big bodies, 
And they should adopt that Pittsburgh scheme with, with, uh, was it Le'Veon Bell? And it's like, you know, we can have that patience, you know, because these guys can block, they can hold up. And guess what? It simulates pass pro, which is what they're doing 95% of the damn time anyways. So if, if they don't get the run identity established and, and you're not going to win the ball handing off to running back seven times, you can get no feel for the game. You can't get in a rhythm. You can't see what's out there if you go in seven times. You get seven touch. I know you get more touches, you know, catching the rock and stuff like that, but that ain't going to happen. You know, 15 to 20 touches minimum running the rock and they'll win and they will win. I guarantee they'll win. If, if you give 20 touches, 15 to 20 touches to CH, you'll win. It'll be, be interesting to see how they play. Cause one of the things that stood out during the Super Bowl, anybody who's watched the Bucks, is the way that their linebackers can run. A lot of the bubble screens and the stuff to the outside just does not work as well when you have linebackers who can get out there and disrupt that stuff. So running right at them, we saw it do a little bit with like Joey Bosa, not for the same reasons necessarily, but you're going up against a good pass rush, going up against a good front. Rather than trying to run away from these guys or get cute and misdirection and all that, they're so athletic, just freaking run right at them. Set the yeah. tone from the very beginning of practice that this is going to be a physical game and we're going to run downhill. Nick, to your point, we're going to run some draw, let the offensive linemen get their hands on guys for a few seconds and try to move some bodies uh, and try to kind of physically impose their will a little bit because uh, what we've seen from the offensive line hasn't been great. But I think to your point, you know, watching the film and we're focusing a lot of the negative because it didn't work out. When they go back and watch the film, you can see a handful of plays. And we're talking like the margin of error in the NFL. We always say is what seven to 10 plays really make the difference in a game. Mm-hmm. You can find five to six plays for the chiefs offense where it wasn't, Hey, if these five things go right, maybe it could have been a successful play. We're talking if he has a half a second longer, it's a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, there were guys yeah. who were open. You just, it was right before the window opened, and Mahomes is staring at them. They just needed that half second longer. And whether it's a chip from a running back, just a better, you know, technique and better block, whatever it is for the guys up front, the the opportunities were there. It's just, you're off just a hair. It's not these huge sweeping changes. It's just executing a little bit better on what they're doing. So uh, I'm confident for the same reasons you guys mentioned that they'll bounce back this week just because it's an Andy Reid team. And we've said, probably every week on this show, never underestimate, you know, an embarrassed professional athlete. And I don't care what side of the ball you're on special teams for sure, but even the chiefs offense and then defensively with Chris Jones and the penalty and all the conversations about it, like the, everyone on that team, all sides of the ball, every, you know, phase of that team is being questioned right now. And they hear that stuff. And this is when they focus in. It's not to say that if they lose, the sky is falling. Because again, we've seen Andy Reid teams lose two, three, four games in a row on seasons that they still came back and won the division. And so I think the fact that it is prime time that everyone's going to be watching, they come out and play really good football. You can just chalk the Colts game up as, well, that crap always happens when they play the Colts. <laughs> sometimes, sure you just give them, sometimes you just give them credit. True. The, the Colts are, uh, I think, in the in the breakdown they talk about this. Matt Castle does. The Colts are built for like the opposite of what the Chiefs want, right? Like the Colts are just a team that are built to play the Chiefs really close. And playing the Colts is just kind of one of those games where, like, yeah, the, the Chiefs should win, but then there's always that little thing in the back of your head where, like, but they're playing the Colts, and it's one of those things that even last week when we were talking about it, it's like crazy things happen when you play the Colts. <laughs> Three IR injuries, yeah. Busted leads, everything, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up this episode. We'll get final thoughts from each of you guys and a prediction for what we got on Sunday. Tucker, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you have as far as a prediction? And uh, what do you want to leave us with on this episode this week of Outside the Trenches on KC Sports Network? 
Well, I think that for prediction-wise, I think this is going to be uh, a good game for Steve Spagnuolo in that defense to kind of scheme some stuff up. Tom Brady, savvy guy, savvy vet, obviously. I want to see the young Chiefs defense kind of get after Brady a little bit. The the blitzes, Spags might have called one of his best games against the Colts because just like defensively and like the blitzes and everything. I really liked, I love the aggressiveness on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I think that the Chiefs are probably just going to be able to simply score more points than the Bucks, which is a really big factor in winning the <laughs> football game. Uh, I just don't. I just don't think that the Bucks' offense is very good, and I just think that the Chiefs are going to simply be able to score more points than the Bucks' offense is going to be. Able to. Tucker's key to the game is that Chiefs score more points. <laughs> Tucker Madden over here with the uh, the analysis, right? That's amazing. <laughs> I know what you're, I know. I know what you're saying, Tucker. Though I do. This is a high powered offense. I it, it's. I know what you're saying. I, I feel you 100. Um, <laughs> percent That's so funny. I'm I'm saying 24 21 Chiefs, and, and I go back to what I said. Uh, establish an identity at, at the run. You know, know what this offense line is built for. Uh, know what your running backs can do. Get your running backs. A, feel for the game, right? Let them, let them get into their rhythm. Let them feel out. Okay. This gap's cool. This gap's cool. Okay. I know how to read this guard. This guy knows how to block this way. Um, you know, here's what we can do. And you know what? Let's in the short yardage and goal line, let's keep it downhill. Let's get rid of the schemes. I know that's how Andy Reid does it when in the red zone is you always throw some wrinkles, some trick play, all that stuff. Let's say, guess what? Let's go the new England way. Let's, let's go straight zone, right zone, left, and you got two reads. You know, if that backside tackle makes a cut, there's your lane. If he doesn't, then you find something up in the front. But guess what? You got maulers up front. Let them maul. Read the block. Patience. Hit it. That's it. W. In Minnesota. All right. All right. I'm taking the Chiefs 24 to 20. Thanks to be close. Tucker, what do you got? Uh, 24-17. 24-17. We're all That's taking the under, I believe. I don't think it was five and a half at the beginning of the week, wasn't it? I can't remember what it's gone to now. It's probably going to change once it goes to Minnesota, or if it goes to Minnesota, I should say, because uh, that hasn't been officially announced yet. But I, I assume that's going to be a, that's going to be a home game for the road team on the scoreboard, is what it will be. Yeah. That's not um, a far drive, about by thirty-five, no. heading about eight hours north. Don't that's you know? Don't you know? That would that that'd be a good one. That would be a good one too. I wonder who they'd root for though. Oh, it's one to be the Chiefs. <sighs> Damn near pick them. Chiefs are favored by a point. <laughs> yeah, I'm still gonna go 24-20. I think. What's the over under, Tuck? Um, I, I thought it was like phone, forty. Buddy. That was like forty-five. It is forty-five. That's Nailed it. 21-24, man. That's the so wait. If it hits the, is that like hitting double zero green on the roulette wheel? Nobody wins if if uh-huh. it's actual. It's a push. Yep. Wow. Money back. Refunded. No fun. Sometimes you cheer for a push. That's all I can say. All right. Everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode of Outside the Trenches. We got plenty of more good content coming up to get you ready for the Chiefs and Bucks on Sunday night. Uh, and wherever that game is going to be played, make sure you check out our Substack at kcsn.substack.com. Charles Goldman and the guys from the KC Laboratory do a great job doing written analysis. Uh, we have free and paid versions for that to make sure you're all updated with what we've got going on here at KC Sports Network and what the Chiefs have upcoming against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Appreciate everybody for watching, and we will catch you all next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.